Two Lit Chicks Book Bites with Julia and Ed. Melissa Addy writes historical fiction set in ancient Rome, medieval Morocco, and 18th century China. She's a full-time self-published author and runs workshops for authors wanting to be entrepreneurial. I'm definitely interested in that. Her books have been selected for Editor's Choice by the Historical Novel Society and won the inaugural Novel London Award. She has been the Leverholm Trust Writer-in-Residence at the British Library, has a PhD in creative writing, and campaigns with the Alliance of Independent Authors who focus on ethics and excellence in self-publishing. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Hello, it's lovely to be here. So I, I, before we get started chatting about the reason that you're here to talk about the Indie Author Income Survey, I'm really interested in knowing why you've chosen such specific spots of history to write about, so medieval Morocco and 18th century China. I know, I do this thing, I call it the footnotes of history. So it's where I'll come across a tiny little throwaway scrap of info about something in history and I go, sorry, what was that again? And then I kind of focus in on that. Um, and so I end up knowing a lot about a very small bit of history. So then people are like, oh, you must know loads about it. I'm like, no, I just know those five years. And then I move on to the period 600 years later and then I know something about those five years. So it's, it's gappy history, but it's fun. It's funny because uh, from speaking with other historical novelists, you know, they've mentioned that the readers can be very hot on the details. So do you get do you get people reading uh, like uh, emailing you and saying like, oh, I think you'll find that they didn't have that color fabric in uh, in ancient China. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you get that. And sometimes what's even more interesting is they know for a fact something and you know more than that because you did more research than that and so there's like common facts that everyone knows that are not actually right and that's that's quite interesting as well <laughs> oh well i'm going to to uh, greece on holiday soon so i will download oh, one nice. of your books to have a read yeah um, so the reason you're here is we're going to chat about the Indie Author Income Survey, which you yes. did in, um, in with the Alliance of Independent Authors. Now, my first question is, why did you guys do the survey? So last year, so last March, um, we were trying to put together a page of kind of facts and figures on self-publishing because we get asked for that kind of information a lot. And it was really difficult. It was really scraping the barrel. And we realized that actually there wasn't enough data out there. It wasn't being collated from different places and nobody was commissioning original new research. And to give you a bit of context, one of the things that keeps coming out is um, author income surveys. Uh, every year, without fail, there'll be a really depressing piece in the paper <laughs> which says that author incomes are falling and falling and falling and falling every year. Um, and it's really quite depressing to read. Um, but those surveys tend to be written very much for traditionally published authors. So even the questions are quite hard to answer for a self-published author. They're just not written for the way they conduct their business. Um, and so we thought, you know what, let's commission some new research here because anecdotally, we didn't feel that that was happening in self-publishing. We thought there was a different thing happening in, in self-publishing. So we commissioned two analysts in the US um, to undertake this survey. And we had over 2,500 authors take part in it across the world. Um, and the data that came back was fascinating. So uh, it's all in US dollars just because we were trying to compare things across different um, countries. So mm. to give you an idea, uh, in Canada, in the UK, in the US, the current author income stands between 6000 uh, and $8,000. That's the median um, and falling quite rapidly. I mean, somewhere between 
40 down 27 percent down 42 percent down 78 percent really bad and this is for traditional and this is for traditional yeah okay and the data that we got out said it was standing at 12,700 and growing 53 percent year on year for self-published authors so uh that was kind of whoa (laughs) like really different piece of data um really different story coming out of the self-publishing sector so that was fascinating and that's and that's um that's gross isn't it Yes, that's gross. Yes, okay. and, and so we. So in terms of sorry, uh, some of my sort of geeky maths question. Um, yes, is that um, distorted? If you like, that's not an official maths term, but by sort of massive self-published authors like L. J. Ross, who we've had on this podcast, or um, or or is that is is that a? Did you mention that's a median? Yes. So there's there's uh, there's two pieces of math. I I knew nothing about this before the survey came back, and I was like, I'm sorry. I, I, what does this mean? I still know nothing. <laughs> so um so median is where you remove the outliers first of all to make sure that you're not being completely thrown off by them. So your LJ yes. bosses are coming out of that pretty quick. <laughs> right. Um, Good. And, okay. <laughs> sorry. No uh, offense to then, LJ Ross. Who yeah. We no love. offense. You're just, you're just doing too well. Um. So they get taken out so that you're not being sort of thrown out completely by the outliers and then you you have a number which is a kind of it's it's not the average the average is you get everybody's numbers together and divide it back out again um yeah. and the average was eighty thousand dollars so it's completely different number there um but the median is where you're most likely to sit so right. actually what we found in that was that a lot of people who are starting out and are putting a lot of time and attention and, and focus on their writing but they still don't have a lot of books and it does take a lot of books to build up to those larger incomes. So they Mm. might still be in the sort of zero to 5,000 bracket because they just don't have that many books out yet. Um, And how how many books um, did you see, start seeing people making a livable wage? So uh, I would say probably from 10 onwards, it starts looking better. (laughs) Sorry, that's depressing if if you're still in the early stages. I got one. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but you've got another one coming out soon. So you're you're well on your way. You're speeding up. It's good. Right, Um, 10 a year. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, yeah, it builds up over time. And it's very much um, when we started looking at how, well, how many books do authors have who who are successful? Uh, and I'm sorry, that's even higher. It's kind of you're getting into the 2030 and upwards uh, people mm. um, because it just, you know, they're, they're cheap products books, you know, compared mm. to other things. It takes quite a lot of them to get out there and it takes a lot to build up and have a, a reader kind of have that read through effect and start wanting to read all of your books. Mm, true. So what what other data did you find out? While you were doing. So, so uh, that was our first round. So then mm. the second round was we included a bunch of demographic questions. And a lot of people were like, why, why are you doing the demographics? What's that got to do with it? And we were, well, actually, it has got to do with it because in the real world, you have gender pay gaps and things like that. And we wanted to see how does it work within the demographics. Um, and what was even more fascinating was when we started delving into those. First of all, self-publishing has a reverse gender gap. So in traditional publishing... Um, male authors out earn the female authors by about 40%. And in self-publishing, the reverse is true. The women out earn the men by 40%. It was like almost exactly like within 1% of each other. 
Um, so that was a really interesting piece of data for us. Why, why do you think that is? Uh, I think uh, romance is one of the top genre categories for self-publishing. The romance, the self-published authors in romance got their act together and got out there so much faster than everybody else. And within romance, self-publishing is just huge, 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 huge. They've got mm. a, a, a huge percentage of that. So um, the women tend to write more in that uh, category. So I think they got a head start on that. I also think that... Um, those people who have been perhaps not as welcomed in uh, in mm. traditional publishing have gone, well, all right, then I'll self-publish. So there's more of them. Um, there's 67% mm. of self-published authors are female. So there's a big percentage of them in there already. I think that's part of what came out of that. And then the next piece of demographic info that we really were interested in, especially because of Pride Month, was that LGBTQIA plus uh, authors were out earning uh, the heterosexual authors by 19%. So they were wow. doing even better. Wow. And I think, again, they've tried to go into traditional publishing. They've been told, I'm sorry, that's too niche or whatever. You don't have a big audience. And they've gone, mm, see about that. <laughs> yeah. And they've gone and done really, really well in self-publishing. So that was fascinating. Wow. So, And I know that you were trying to keep this year's, um, the questions quite simple because you didn't want to overwhelm people. Yeah. But, you know, and, and so are you going to run this again? And if yes, when what more questions, what more things did you want to look and in, delve into more? Yeah, we'd like to run it every two years because the question we asked about income was how was this year and how was the year before? So we were covering two years. Mm. So we thought we could run it every two years because it's a big undertaking to do. Um, mm. But it's really, really valuable data. So we would like to run it every two years. We would like this time we said, first of all, you have to be spending 50% or more of your time on the writing. And a lot of people went, you're leaving out a whole bunch of people here. And the reason we did it was we were trying to benchmark to another author income survey. We sort of felt we had to be able to compare as closely as possible. We didn't want people to go, well, you've just asked completely different questions. Mm -hmm. um, so we asked for that. And also because with self-publishing, there's a lot of people who will just self-publish one book just as a mm. creative, fun, interesting thing to do or for their friends or for their family. And they're not actually trying to make an income out of it. So we didn't want to sort of muddy the waters with that as well. But in future, we would like to have everybody in it and then we can pick out and go, right, well, these are the people spending this amount of time, that amount of time, you know whether they're just publishing a little bit for, for the fun or whether they're trying to make a business out of it. So that's one element. We would like to have the gross and the net. Mm. Um, the demographics which got questioned this time, we're definitely keeping those because they were really, really interesting to see. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's it's about trying to find uh, those those extra questions. But not making it too long to fill in. I've seen author yeah. income questionnaires where it takes half an hour to fill in and you're like, ah, oh, you know, this is getting really boring to fill in. Yeah. And we really wanted it to be quick, like this, this, this. Just tell me your genre. Tell me the income. Tell me there's something, things that you should have in the top of your head. We mm. didn't want people to have to go and look through their account. Get their tax or, return, yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you're going <laughs> to do that, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So that was interesting. Melissa, what I'm trying to work out here, I think it's the fascinating question is, 
How much of this is the self-pub boom and how much of this is the ongoing trash fire that is traditional publishing? Because, I mean, we if you listen to this podcast, you're probably already aware that's of the self-publishing you know, success stories. Yeah. I'm looking at a piece of your data on the website now. Um, traditionally published uh, author in- income in the UK since uh, 2018. This is actually from the Authors Lending and Collecting Society, sorry, but you've got it on your website. Yeah. Um, it's down 38% since 2018. Yeah. That's UK traditionally published authors. I mean, yeah. that's, that's horrific. So what is... Do you have any insight into not just what why so pub is doing so well, which I think we all have a bit of an insight into, but what is going on with traditional publishing when the big five are making massive profits? Where is this money going? Well, I mean, I think with traditional publishing, we've all seen a lot of you know celebrities and publishing and stuff. There's a lot of money being thrown at that, which is because they think, oh well, it's just it's a it's a guaranteed winner. I mean, a lot of traditional publishing. This is my viewpoint. <laughs> is the model is almost gambling because you're going, Mm. I'm only going to pick 10 books this year and I'm gambling on which ones are going to sell. That's that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to figure out which one is going to absolutely take off. You're not saying, shall I find myself a really good author and build a career with them? That's not what they're trying to do. And I think a lot of authors get upset because they go, well, if it's a good book, it will get published. And I go, that isn't the model. The model is not let's find all the good books. The model is let's find the books that will sell a lot. In a small or that they can, or that they can see how to sell, because yes. that's that's the thing. That, yeah. That's a fine difference, I think. Yes, and they want a ready-made audience for it. Hence the celebrities. Mm. Um, there was a period when I was trying to be traditionally published, and I pitched the Moroccan uh, series at them, and they went, "Never heard of medieval Morocco." No- <laughs> Where's Morocco? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They were like, "Never heard of it." Nobody writes in that era, and I was like, oh. "I know." that will be my thing and they were like nah and two different agents said to me could you write about the Tudors and I was like (laughs) um no um so it's trying they're trying to repeat successes that have already happened which is I don't know I'm not a big fan of that and clearly they're they're ignoring various groups who actually are obviously a bigger market than they thought they were so uh Mm. that's interesting to to see and they're trying to predict what will do well on TikTok. And, you know, there's yeah, absolutely no These things <laughs> no are very random. Reason. They're very <laughs> random. Um, yeah, so we'd like to keep doing that every two years. And the other thing we did was the big indie author data drop. And that is pulling together not just our data, but data from across the whole sector. So we went out to all different um, self-publishing organizations and we said, will you share data so that we can see and share information that's out there. And that's been really interesting to see what, what sort of info came out. So um, draft digital shared with us that 75% of the book sales that they were monitoring were in a series. They were books in a series, fiction and nonfiction. Mm. So that was interesting. That was an interesting piece of uh, info that came out. Um, and also we had Kingston University did this fantastic piece of data. Uh, they were looking at uh, the personalities of self-published authors and they they tested for all these different things and they said being agreeable is 
has a negative correlation with being successful. So basically, the wow. financially successful ones are not agreeable personalities. I was like, this is fantastic. Next time I'm really rude to someone about things, I'll just be like, well, that's why it is, baby. Yeah, yeah. I'm not massively surprised by that, to be honest. <laughs> So, see, yeah. see, Ed, maybe you should be self-published. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, <yeah. laughs> there you go. Oh, it was a great piece of data. I laughed so much when I first saw it. I was like, oh, that is the best piece of data I've seen so far. It's great. <laughs> I mean, but it makes sense because, you know, in other words, you have to be a little bit stubborn to hang on in there. You have to not mind when you get your first one-star review. You have to cope with people maybe being a bit snobby about self-publishing or about the genre you've chosen you know you have to have a bit of resilience resilience in you yeah. that is not always agreeable yeah <laughs> but you have to be persistent as well and persistent you know? very persistent because yeah. my friends always make fun of me because i always have bookmarks in my bag and like i'll be out and i'll just be chatting to someone and you know it'll turn to my book because I yeah. construct it that way. And you know, finally, I give them a bookmark and then, you know. Exactly. Just, you got to do it. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I have a question about um, AI books and how that's going to affect self-published author's income. Because I, I wonder if this is something that you're thinking of uh, investigating in future surveys. Because a few weeks ago on on, um, on Amazon KDP, um, yeah. this is all, all over social media, um, it got, sw I mean, it's already been swamped for months by self-published books and, um, people have been thinking, oh, well, you know, is, is anyone actually going to read them? But, um, this was in July and, um, for a while in the, the bestsellers and teen and young adult contemporary romance ebooks, it's just one example of many in the top 100 chart, there were 19 legitimate books. So basically what was happening is, um, nonsense, you know, AI books that don't even make sense. I've forgotten the titles, but there's some great ones you can Google. Like, you know, my, my cat sat on my, you know, lap <laughs> twice or something. Um, so even though you think, well, why who's going to buy them? They were still swamping the charts. And, um, I wonder if that eventually, unless Amazon does something about it, I wonder if that's going to start affecting, uh, people's self-published author's income because people on Twitter are pretty apocalyptic about it. Obviously, you know, you can never yeah. know how much, how much to trust Twitter. But I, I, I mean, this is, this is a problem, isn't it? For self-published authors. I think there will always be funny bumps in the road. I think probably you'll get a bit of swamping stuff that will happen, but the stuff that's no good sinks eventually, you know, it just does. If it's if something isn't good quality, it's just going to it may briefly spike um, and maybe scam people or fool people or whatever. But eventually it will it will fall and the good stuff remains and keeps selling over time. Um, if you're in self-publishing, I think you need to be in it for the long term. And I think mm -hmm. what will happen with AI probably, there's a lot of fuss around it at the moment. And I look at it and I think it's so in its infancy, it's barely got going. Um, but I think that probably what will happen is there will be people who get really good at working with it in positive ways in that they'll use it to help them brainstorm a bunch of ideas and consider which way that would go. I don't think it will fully take away the creativity because you can look at it, you can watch a human doing something and go that last, that last moment where the human touch comes in 
the, the machine just can't do it. It can't do things that seem really obvious to us. It can do amazing stuff, but that final creative touch tends to come from a human, I think. Mm. I think you have more faith in capitalism than me, but um, I, hope, I hope that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I have more faith I, in I, readers. I, 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 I'm a bit more apocalyptic about it, unfortunately. <laughs> it might be apocalyptic. Who knows? But then, you know, some things turn up and you, you think, oh, my God, it's going to take over the world and it's going to something. And actually it settles down and it becomes part of your creative toolkit. Um, mm. And I hope that that's what will happen rather than the apocalyptic route. I think I hope that it will become a tool that people use to make their life easier so that they can focus on the really creative stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I wish the robots would do the, the menial tasks. I trying, know. Trying to just steal all our creative labor. Like, that, that's I what they're meant cool to do, thing. isn't it? Yeah. I read a cool <laughs> thing where they were like, sorry, why are the robots doing the painting and the writing books and we do all the menial work? What is that? Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah. the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. I was like, yeah, get your hands off the poetry. Go and do whatever it is you were going to do that was going to be boring that we didn't want to yeah. do. Clean my bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. Stitch my socks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, well, you know what? It's been an absolutely fabulous chat. Lots of really interesting information in there. And we'll put a link in our show notes to the full study on the Ali website as well. Absolutely. And if there's any self-published authors out there listening to this and you're not a member of Ali, I highly recommend it. It's, you know, I've been a member uh, since I started my self-publishing journey and I get lots of fantastic advice from other members and just... You know, there's, there's nothing that isn't on the website for members. It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> true. <laughs> and, and you feel like they're really taking care. Like, I love that you guys have done this survey. I feel like you're, you know, you're really trying to, I don't know, support self-published authors. So thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, and it's nice yeah. to get positive news out there about it and inform people. Yeah, no, definitely. Nice, nice talk to the good guys. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So everybody join us on Friday for a quiz with Melissa as well. So uh, yeah. do you want to give us a taste? What, what's the what's the topic of the quiz going to be? It's a startling one. <laughs> startling. Oh, that's yeah. very enigmatic. I like it. <laughs> please, please say horror. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not horror because I get nightmares. Not horror. No, no. Oh, Oh, God. Damn. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you again and join us on Friday. It's been my pleasure. Two Lit Chicks is a podcast about the books that change lives. Julia Bodger and Ed Crocker chat with well known authors about the stories they've loved. Find us on all major podcast platforms or go to our website at twolitchicks.org. Thanks for listening. <laughs>